Thank you for taking time to study with us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help us draw near to God through the study and application of His Word. If you have any questions or comments about today's study, or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. Today on Drawing Near, we see the rest of what happens in Nazareth when Jesus returns to his hometown. It is an amazing passage with some unique insights that we need today. So open your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 4 as we study Jesus Goes Home, part 2. As we prepare for today's study, I encourage you to join me in prayer. Father in heaven, we give thanks to you for your word. We give thanks to you for the living word, Jesus Christ, your son, and for the power and presence of your Holy Spirit at work in the lives of believers. We ask, Father, that you would help us to not walk in the flesh, but rather walk according to the leadership of the Spirit, to grow in our understanding of what that is and how that is to be practiced or lived out. Father, guide us in our study today and give us wisdom and discernment. Help us to learn and to grow. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, picking up in Luke chapter 4, verse 23, we see that Jesus continues to speak to them in the synagogue. And he said to them, No doubt you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. Whatever we heard was done at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. Verse 24, And he said, Truly I say to you, No prophet is welcome in his hometown. But I say to you in truth, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was shut up for three years and six months, when a great famine came over all the land. And yet Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed but only Naaman the Syrian. And all the people in the synagogue were filled with rage as they heard these things. Now, there are several things here that we need to consider. The very first thing that we hear is that Jesus tells the people of Nazareth that no doubt you will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. That is a phrase that is used regarding Jesus on the cross. He saved others, let him save himself. Physician, heal yourself. You can help others. Can you help yourself? It's really a declaration of a lack of faith, of unbelief. We don't believe you are who you say you are. Therefore, if you're legitimately someone who can help others, well, then help yourself. We're not going to help you. Help yourself. He goes on and says that they will no doubt say, whatever we heard was done at Capernaum, do here in your own hometown as well. In other words, we want to see the works. We want to see what you can do, just like you've done in other places. We're not going to believe you based on what we hear. We're not going to believe based on the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We want to see signs. We want to see wonders. Jesus is challenging the people of Nazareth in verse 23 with unbelief. He's confronting them and challenging them. Now remember, They were accepting the things that he had said. They were responding positively. They thought well of him. They were speaking well of him. They were wondering at what he said. 
But then Jesus turns everything upside down because Jesus knows their heart. He knows their unbelief and lack of faith. And so he confronts them with it in verse 23. He goes on and says in verse 24, Truly I say to you, no prophet is welcome in his own hometown. Because people had been familiar with Christ growing up, they were less likely to believe in him. They had seen him as a child. Not that he was a sinner or bad. They were just very familiar with him. And very often it is difficult for people who are familiar with a leader to actually follow the leader. They're not enamored with the leadership skills. They just see him as Joseph's son. They don't see him as a prophet. They don't see him as a rabbi. They don't see him as a miracle worker. They want to see proof. They're unbelieving. And that's what Jesus tells them in verses 23 and 24. He goes on and makes the situation more challenging, more confrontational. He says, but in truth, I say to you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was closed up for three and a half years, when there was no rain and a great famine in the land. And yet Elijah was sent to none of them, but only Zarephath on the land of Sidon, a woman who was a widow. In other words, he's saying there were many widows in Israel, but during this time of famine, Elijah was sent by God to a Gentile. He says in verse 27, and there were many lepers in the land of Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and yet none of them were cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian, a Gentile. (laughs) Jesus is saying the Jews aren't the only ones who receive anything from the Lord. And sometimes Gentiles receive what belongs to the Jewish people. The Jews saw themselves not only as God's chosen people, but as God's favored people and only people. And they so looked down on Gentiles that any thought that God was doing things in the lives of Gentiles as opposed to the lives of Jews was an insult. And we see that in verse 28. And all the people in the synagogue at Nazareth were filled with rage as they heard these things. Now, why did Jesus do this? When they were speaking well of him, when they were wondering at his gracious words, why did he confront them with their unbelief and with God's work in the Gentile hearts while Jewish people were suffering the same things? Because Jesus is speaking the truth to them. He's trying to bring them out of darkness. He's trying to bring them out of oppression, out of their spiritual poverty. Jesus is trying to save them from their sin. They're captive. They're unbelieving. They're unseeing. And the proof of this is in their response. When Jesus confronts them, rather than being convicted and yielding, they're filled with rage as they hear these things. These are Jesus' hometown people. Verse 29 tells us, And they got up and drove him out of the city of Nazareth, and they led him to the brow of a hill on which their city had been built. And they did this in order to throw him down the cliff. They were so filled with rage that they were going to kill the prophet who had come home. Jesus had just said, A prophet is not without honor except in his own hometown. They're proving what he said. They didn't see him as a prophet. They didn't see him as a messenger sent by God under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. 
They saw him as Joseph's son, and how dare he speak to them in this way. And now they were going to kill him. That's how enraged, that's how insulted and indignant they were. They were going to kill Jesus, their Savior. But verse 30 tells us this, But passing through their midst, he went his way. Now, we're not clearly told this in verse 30, but Jesus seems to miraculously just walk through their midst, walk through the crowd, and go away. They wanted to kill him. No doubt they were going to continue to drive him until he went over the cliff, but they were unable to do so. We need to be reminded, the world can do nothing to the people of God unless God permits it. We see this when Jesus is asleep in the bottom of the fishermen's boats, and they're afraid because of the storm. They wake Jesus up because they're terrified. They think they're going to drown. And Jesus tells them, he rebukes them, O ye of little faith. And he rebukes the storm. Jesus is not concerned about circumstances. He's not concerned about crowds. He's not worried about sharing the truth. He declares the truth. He declares the facts, and when people accept him, praise the Lord. But when they reject him, and even violently reject him, he just moves on. He just goes away. God had a plan for Jesus. He had an appointment with a cross, and nothing was going to happen to Jesus until he got there. God has plans and purposes for us, and he is going to fulfill them. We need to be faithful like Jesus to speak the truth, to speak it in love, to speak it in grace and mercy under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, but to speak it boldly and faithfully, knowing that God is going to protect us. How sad for the people of Nazareth that Jesus passes through their midst and goes his way. How sad for them that they were unbelieving and unwilling to repent of their sin and come out of their poverty, their oppression, their captivity, their blindness. The Messiah had come, the Savior was there, and they rejected him. They wanted to kill him. We need God's help to be people of faith and faithful people. We need to pray that God does this in our lives. Father in heaven, help us to follow the Lord Jesus the way we are supposed to. Help us to believe. Help us to trust. Help us to understand. But then help us to take what you have given to us and share it with the lost world, boldly, courageously, in faith. For you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We thank you for this, Father. Be glorified as we seek to follow the example of Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.